And we're back at the Bait and Switch Podcast Studios. My name is Chris Beyer, along with my co-host, Jim Martin. Yeah, today we have part one of our two-part interview with Mitch Tyke. He's co-host of NPR's Lake Effect on WUWM 89.7 in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Now, since Mitch has his own show on NPR, we're probably getting a lot of first-time listeners. Yeah, we've had our podcast out for about three months now, so we got about 12 episodes out there. You could probably get caught up in, I don't know, what, like a day? I think they should take off work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, probably just call in sick. I think that's warranted. Sure. Well, first, hey, we need to set some ground rules. Our current listeners know this. Number one rule is please wait to the end of the podcast before asking any questions. Right. And uh, number two rule is uh, just no questions. Simple enough. Well, Jim, do you have any further ado? I have no ado. Okay. Well, then without further ado, your podcast begins now. now. Anyang Ioseowa to the Bait and Switch podcast. Join us now as we interview NPR's host of Lake Effect, Mitch Tyke, as we discuss the main differences between our shows. News, it's a really, it's kind of a variety program. We have newsy interviews, but we'll also have, we have, we have a performance studio, so we'll have bands come in and play. Uh, We'll interview authors. We have commentaries and essays. Interesting people doing interesting things. Sure. Our, our goal is our goal is really to let people become confused as yeah. to the goal of the show. Right. Where is this going? What's happening? <laughs> exactly. Welcome back to the Bait and Switch podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. Uh, I should first say my co-host Chris Beyer and myself Jim Martin. Uh, we've had a chance to uh, bring in Mitch Tyke, host of NPR's Lake Effect. Hi. And also... Yes, and uh, co-host, uh, we're going to count the number of times I plug this, co-host of uh, the Pretzel Podcast. Ding! Now on its sixth episode. All right. Where can you find the Pretzel Podcast? Uh, pretzel Podcast is on iTunes, NPR One, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay. Okay. Now, is that is that affiliated with your other job, or is this a side project? It is actually, it's technically we recorded at uh, WUWM, and it's distributed by WUWM, although distribution when it comes to podcast is kind of a confusing thing it's 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 officially blessed by the powers that be at my actual job okay okay it's interesting you say because we uh call this a podcast <laughs> and yet it is not actually in the podcast world yet we haven't actually had it indexed so we have the files uploaded to the file server <laughs> soundcloud for us and uh but but like you can't find it on itunes right now huh. so but you know what i say if you want to call it a podcast, it is a podcast. Well, then it is. We agree. Mitch says, if you say you're a podcaster, you, <laughs> you are a podcast. There you go. You are more you professional go. than us, yeah, so right, we'll take right. it. So we'll, we'll take, take you that, that we'll word. Take that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, and the, the listeners will come. Well, they'll flock now. They'll flock. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right, yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You're the honey. We're drawing right, them in right, here. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You are going to have the advantage of giving getting our 15 listeners – I saw Facebook, like 26, 26 likes, yes. I think. Oh, there you I go. I think I was the 26th. Okay, great. You'll know you've made it when people are bootlegging it, though. 
Okay. Vinyl. I want to see my podcast Me on too. vinyl. Yeah. I do too. That's our goal now. Yeah. So the, uh, you know, it's interesting that I saw uh, an article that said our cassette tapes coming back. My kids got uh, a gift from their grandma, uh, these cassette tapes of this Harry Potter book. <laughs> and I looked at her this and like, is what Goodwill shaking is for. my head. Right. I said like, what are you, what are you doing to me? Like, I don't know if I have a, and, um, but I actually was able to find a brand new cassette player with a DVD player and, and, a, and a radio at Target. Sure. Oh, yeah, 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 I've heard of that. Yeah, yeah. heard of that place? I'm familiar yeah. with their work, yeah, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say, actually, that I uncovered a book on tape of, it was a kid's book written by the sports writer John Feinstein, a college basketball mystery novel that I had interviewed wow. him about years ago. Very specific in, genre. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> fairly, fairly small genre, but uh, I forget whether it was called Final Four or something, but sure. uh, uh, I gave it to my son. Okay. Along with a cassette player that we had in the basement that was working. Right. And he listened to it every night. He was totally into it. Cool. I think I still have a cassette player somewhere in the house. Yeah. I, I you know, and I know I, I, I have a little one somewhere. And like I said, I had a couple of them. And uh, when I tried to use them, they just were not, they just didn't work. Well, so can I, I can, can I, can I name drop for a minute here? Absolutely. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, we already have with you. <laughs> with right? you, yeah. 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 Wow. <laughs> Extremely limited name drop uh, appeal to uh, to me, but I once did an onstage interview with Chris Hardwick. He has a very popular uh, podcast called The Nerdist. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk to him about, because he's a tech geek, was obsolete technology. And so I brought a Walkman with me, and we talked for the first 10 minutes about our Walkman memories. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I have one for sure. Theo used it as a costume when they did 80s Day one day. But it again, it doesn't work. You know, that's the problem. That was like my prized yeah. possession when I was in right. high school. My oh, walk, yeah. And even into college, I remember when I played baseball in college uh-huh. – uh, and I was pitching on a given day. I had this is a good Milwaukee reference here. I would jam the Bodines oh, nice. in my Sony Walkman for like an hour as I loosened up before the game. Okay. Uh, this is a little bit of an aside, but a similar story. In the office here, my father was here before me, and we had somebody that would come in the office, and the guy was at the same military base as my dad in El Paso, oh, Texas. No kidding. Oh, wow. And so they were talking about their time at Fort Bliss. And so anyway, my dad found out that this guy was in artillery as well. My dad said, do you remember the M360 80s, whatever? He said some uh, model of artillery. And the guy said, oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. He said, yeah, I saw one in the museum down there. <laughs> And so my dad went from feeling a kinship to feeling very old very quickly. (laughs) Are you from Wauwatosa? I I live in Wauwatosa. I am not from Wauwatosa. I grew up in Maryland. Oh, really? Actually, if you want to go all the way back, I was born in Boston. Okay. We moved to upstate New York. I lived in upstate New York until I was about seven. And then we moved to to the Washington, D.C. area when my dad was a college professor at George Washington. Shout out to George Washington yep. for you Washington fans. Oh, yeah. yeah. GW. Fans of the GWU. Fans of the first president. Wooden teeth. For my, you yeah, know, exactly. Things, you know? My 10th birthday party, we went to a GW Colonials basketball game nice. against West Virginia. Okay. They lost. You, you remember, you remember I, that? I, I, like, I, wrecked you your know, whole I'm, birthday. Yes. <laughs> Mitch, there can be too much detail. Let's exactly. just, yeah. Let's Honestly, keep I didn't know that I remembered it until just now. Yeah. Let's, let's keep moving along here. Okay, so we're in Maryland, all right. All right, so we're in Maryland. I went to uh, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. It was a bit checkered. 
I was less <laughs> interested in attending classes than I was in attending baseball games or working on the radio station. It was a little like 13th grade for me. So uh, my first attempt at college did not go as planned. Um, although I got a lot of radio experience, I was the play-by-play uh, -play voice of the UMBC Retrievers basketball okay. team. Oh, okay. okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to name drop. Jim knows this, that you know, talking about the people that are always meant to be in radio, I met this guy back in uh, middle school here in Wauwatosa, and the first thing I knew about him was that he wanted to be in radio, specifically sports broadcasting, and his name was Jeff Grayson, and he did all the announcing all the way through middle school and high school. And uh, he became now the uh, a voice of the Brewers and the Bucks on uh, Fox Sports. Well, and I didn't mention this, but as far back as first grade, when we were living in Albany, New York, we did, we had a, uh, you know, the class project in first grade where you have to go out and do a report on a job or a career oh, or sure. whatever, and you know, the kids are going to the fire station right. or or wherever, and I got my parents to call the radio station I listened to. Oh, 980 nice. WTRY. Uh, I got a tour of the radio station, and I can honestly say from first grade, I knew I wanted to be in radio. Oh, no kidding. Was it nerve-wracking as a first grader thinking, I hope my voice develops into a radio voice? Um, you know, well, certainly there is still a tape of me reading a commercial in the studio when I was in first grade, and that tape is someplace. Wow. And it's in Valuable. what I think. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, exactly. serious value right there. But... You know, you say that, and I listened to myself in my first couple of radio jobs, and I was clearly somebody who was still pretending to be on the radio. Like, yeah. I can't stand listening to – I mean, I. it's kind of funny to listen to my voice in those days because, you know, I sounded like the AM radio guy who was doing – you know. <laughs> right, right. It's like all I needed was to add some fake static to my voice. Yeah, there you go. When you are speaking on the radio, how conscious of – your radio voice, are you, or aren't you? Is this just your normal voice? Uh, it's an interesting question. Um, before we started recording, I was mentioning that I normally have headphones on in the studio. Would you like some? No. Oh, we we give right. you headphones that just nothing <laughs> right comes there, out Yeah, of exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and partly, uh, you know, I'm so used to hearing my voice through the headphones that you know, I can't tell the difference between the voice I hear in the headphones and my normal voice. Sitting here talking to you without headphones, it seems strange, but I don't really know what I sound like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we talked about this before we turned on the mics here. How are we doing as far as novice podcasters? What do you think? Well, first of all, I'm impressed that you have three microphones because, you know, my image of novice podcasters is two guys huddled over one of those tiny computer microphones or, <laughs> or worse, you know, like the, the microphone that's part of the, you're right. <laughs> that was us. That, that was the us. First, the first, first <laughs> podcasts, the first 10, yeah. And the pop stoppers are a nice touch. The mic booms. Honestly, uh, the fact that we're recording in multi-track, you, you guys are miles above i would say 90 percent of the podcasters there you out go there. you heard yes. it you heard it that all the more reason to tell your friends from a professional his words not not yeah, ours not ours, not ours. <laughs> yeah. could you read these words here also i'll say it is the first recording studio i i've been in that has its own sink 
<laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, right. Yeah. And uh, x-ray machine. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's good in case uh, you need to wash somebody's mouth out with soap. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, that's that's, that's true. a good point. Yeah, yeah every right. now and then we get nauseated. We got the sink right there just in case. Right, right. Or somebody says something nasty. Yeah, you there you go. Take care of that too. And an exam table, presumably in case you need to make any halftime adjustments. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, let's, let's get back to Maryland. We All left right. you in Maryland <laughs> yeah. at the school that Meanwhile, you back in Maryland. Back in Maryland. <laughs> you, you were at the school... And you weren't taking it that seriously at the time. And, and then, then what I happened? flunked out. What lit the fire under your butt? <laughs> so uh, uh, flunking out of college, that, okay. was the, that was a start. And um, that in and of itself didn't light the fire under my butt. What happened next was I went back home and started working temp jobs. And the temp agency actually asks my interests. And I talk about radio and they said, Wow, what a coincidence. We have a job at 94.7 WLTE, Light Rock, Less Talk. So 19-year-old guy, I go to work as the receptionist at 94.7 WLight, LTE FM. Um, You hit the post. I like that. Thanks. (laughs) Good radio terminology. Uh, And I'm doing this for like two or three weeks, and at one point – one of the radio station people comes up and says, you know, you are the best receptionist we have ever had. <laughs> wow. wow. <laughs> and calling. Yeah, at right. one level, I think, wow, this is pretty cool. And at another level, I think, oh, my God. What have I done? What have I done? Right. <laughs> I'm, I'm 19, and I'm the best receptionist this radio station has ever had. And I'm only filling in. No. But the light bulb went off that if I was going to make my way in the profession, I would probably have to have at least more education. And so I enrolled at the community college mm-hmm. in Montgomery County, Montgomery College. While I was doing this... I was at, my brother was still in high school, I was at one of his baseball games and got chatting with the grandfather of one of his teammates who turned out to be a member of the board of trustees at Cornell College in Iowa wow. and was selling me on the place. And I mean, at that time, I really knew I needed a change of scenery. So he basically said, you should really go out to Cornell and check it out. And uh, I went out there and it was like, Everything they tell you college is supposed to look like, you know, I went in the early fall and the leaves are changing and, you know, and the kids have the backpacks slung over their shoulders and, sure. the, you know, the motto of the school at the time is a slice of New England and an Iowa hilltop. And oh, wow. I fell in love with Iowa. I loved Iowa. Okay. And so was it a lot like back to school then, you know, Red, Rodney Dangerfield kind <laughs> Just of like thing, it, yes. You know, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. Actually, <laughs> I went to Madison at the time that was filmed. Oh, really? I am not in the film. At least I'm not oh. one of the featured players. Don't right. look for me in the credits. Right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I liked Iowa as well. I went from Madison, where Madison has got a reputation as being a lot of a lot of fun, and it is. Yeah. And I went to Iowa. I thought, I'm going to Iowa. This is going to stink. And honestly, I think I had a better time in Iowa than Madison. It's about what you do, about who you meet. Oh, sure. That's what it's about. Sure. You know, this school, Cornell had 1,100 students at the time, smaller than my high school. Yeah. I could host them. You know, basically, I walked in and, like, the minute I walked in there, I was hosting the morning show. Oh, um, Partly because nobody else wanted to get up at that hour. Right. And, and I got to play baseball, and I had professors that cared whether I showed up at class, which was not the case at uh, the University of Maryland, Baltimore County. Yeah. So what was your degree in at Cornell? Politics. 
politics. Okay. Uh, campaigns and elections, and uh, and I was a good place to learn that stuff because yeah. oh yeah, you got, yeah. You got the caucuses. 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 Yep. Mm-hmm. That's one of my favorite caucuses, or is it cockeye? Oh, yeah. I think it's cockeye. They call it the uh, Hawkeye cockeye, don't yeah, they? Yeah, I think they do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, I didn't come up with that, Mitch. <laughs> so where did you go in radio next? Uh, my senior year at Cornell, I got an internship at WMT in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And so I got to the news department, and I had been pretending to be a radio reporter for 20 years, probably, at that right, point, right. since I was one. So you headed down. Yeah, yeah. and the third day I was there... They sent me out to cover a fire live, and so I go out in the WMT news car. They had a fleet of these little Honda Civic wagons with WMT painted on the side, and so I went to this fire, and I interviewed this guy over our two-way radio. Okay. That was how they did live remotes. Sure. You know, hi, this is Mitch Hike reporting from, you know, the east side of Cedar Rapids. Right, exactly. (laughs) I'm here with Chief so-and-so, and, you know, when did you find out about the fire? You know, we're live on the air for two minutes. Right. Yeah. And I got back and they said, you're a natural. <laughs> we don't want you going to other departments. And so. Oh, great. Hey, yeah. So right. for eight weeks, I worked in the news department there. And after the internship ended, they kept me as a part-time reporter. And as a bonus, <laughs> I was the overnight jock on their FM station Thursday nights from 10 in the uh, 10 in the evening to 5.30 a.m. So I worked at WMT until I graduated. The first radio gig I get is back in Iowa, where I am the news director at uh, KDEC in Decorah, Iowa. Uh, so, yeah, I did that for two years, and, you know, I don't know. It's been a long time since I've seen the the Howard Stern biopic, but all the, all the early days of his radio career, all the small-town radio things that he did, they're, they're all true. Yeah. Like oh, yeah. I hosted the swap shop one morning a week <laughs> where people would call in and say, I've got, you know, 20 laying hens for the use of your manure spreader. So no, wait a minute. Were you like the, were you like the negotiator, like Mildred? He says he's got 20 chickens. I kept the list. Now, will you give him your manure pile? It wasn't quite, the, the, the negotiation wasn't quite there, but I kept the list. So every so often during the show, I would read, don't forget, we have five laying hens. It sounds like you're, you're getting ready for like a, a telethon. You and know? I've done that too. Don't, don't forget, we've got these things available. <laughs> that was actually the second stop along the way. It was at Minnesota Public Radio in okay. Rochester, Minnesota. And one of the things that a colleague and I there got to do was we got to be the celebrity hosts of the Eagles Club telethon. We were on from midnight to 6 a.m. I worked the uh, the graveyard shift one day in my life. I worked at <laughs> Denny's, and I was the dishwasher one night. It was a night during the state fair, and everybody showed up there. And so, I mean, I'm just <laughs> oh, working, you know, just really working hard. I ended up working from 11 till like noon the next day oh, because wow. we were so far behind. And you know what? I'm still tired from that day. <laughs> still scraping those <laughs> leftover moons over my hammy. <laughs> that one day. Just really trying to catch up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Every yeah. day I put in an extra yeah. 10 minutes just to catch up from that one day. <laughs> it's been difficult. But you talked about being from the East Coast. What about your accent or lack thereof? It is funny you should ask that question. Get out of here. I've got a lot of these funny questions. Get out of here, Chris. <laughs> because the uh, third professional radio third full-time radio stop along the way was at north country public radio in northern new york and at one point i was voicing 
some feature story about I don't know what, but it was probably about utility rates because it seemed like every story I did up there was about utility rates. <laughs> Gripping <laughs> stuff. <were> fascinated by <laughs> right. utility rates right. up there. Right. Riveting. And at one point, the news director there said, well, you say it that way because you're from Iowa. <laughs> and I said, actually, you know, I just went to college in Iowa. I grew up in Maryland. So, so I mean, again, my point is just, just like when you said, you know, the radio voice versus uh, the accent, none of these are affectations. This is just who you are. You don't assume any type of accent or any type of voice for radio this is just your voice it is though i can put on a radio voice if it would uh if it would well, if, if, a I, little clip well if i want to yeah, really yeah. irritate my kids i can read a story like this <laughs> I, I see how yeah, they'd yeah. be irritated yeah, right. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so yeah so there was a stop at north country public radio new york for two years I had the first of a scheduled five or six midlife crises about the time I was turning 30. I moved to D.C. where my girlfriend was living, and it worked out well in the sense that we are married. It worked out less well in the sense that it took me three months to figure out that getting out of radio was the wrong move. So, ah. uh, And then another six months to find another radio job. We moved to Flagstaff, Arizona. Huh? So seven years in Flagstaff, I was the news director uh, for the last five of Arizona Public Radio. And after seven years, we had, you know, we had had our first child and knew we weren't going to live in Arizona forever. My wife is from Minnesota and I'm from the East Coast. And so we thought Milwaukee kind of split the difference. In the sense that <laughs> sounds like uh, she got the better deal. Yeah, she got the better deal. You uh, weren't good at math, were you, or geography? I was not much. good at math, uh, <laughs> but uh, but I knew we were far enough that nobody was going to be dropping in for lunch, regardless. Okay, yeah, that's true. Well, well, that drop blows in. my plans for tomorrow. Right. But uh, <laughs> I was kind of hoping for lunch. <laughs> anyway, so, so uh, yeah, so I, you got a gig here at, uh, and again, it's WUWM. Is that is, is that, that is correct? Uh, the NPR station based in Milwaukee. And at the time I got here, this, the show, I was hired to be the executive producer of what was then called At 10. And one of the things that the station wanted to do was expand it to two hours. And so we did that fairly quickly and moved it up to nine o'clock. So calling it At 10 would have been misleading. Right. Uh, I had actually You've got um, a lot of integrity. That's what yeah, I like yeah, about yeah. you. You know, although because uh, around ten, yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Prior to ten, yeah, right, right. just before. Yeah. If, it's, if it's from ten o'clock to twelve, you don't want to call it ten to twelve because then people might show up at the wrong time. To Minnesota listen. Public Radio yeah. has a show that's on, or at least they did had a show that was on from ten to twelve, and you know what they called it? Mid morning. Mid morning. Mid morning. Mid morning. You know what came on after mid morning? Afternoon. Midday. Midday. <laughs> this is brilliant stuff. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, no, hold on. Uh, when did you get here? Uh, 2006. I moved to Wauwatosa in 2006 before anybody had an, any idea that uh, East Tosa would. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> or they, they, when I when I told my new coworkers where I'd moved, and they said, "Oh, Comatosa." Yeah. Um, yeah. I haven't heard that. I haven't either. <laughs> That's clever. I guess we live here. They don't tell people that right, live here. Right, right, bad. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have slipped up on that yeah, one. Now we what know. What else are they calling us? Yeah. I don't know that they're calling it that anymore because <laughs> it's it's a pretty happening place. Do you think that your arrival was the beginning? of the renaissance <laughs> i think it uh portended great things to oh, come yes. i like the portend it's good portended very nice um, fancy to look that one up radio guys word there yeah so when we were moving here on the drive i thought if i ever have a chance to rename the show 
I wanted to call it The Lake Effect, but somewhere along the way when we decided we were going to rename the show, the, everybody else thought just Lake Effect was the way to go, and I'm, right. I'm all right with that. Kind of so, like The Facebook. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. People say, I like or the, the arthritis. Effect, but get rid of the. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the Google. Bait and Switch <laughs> Podcast. Should we go with the Bait and Switch the Podcast? Or no, maybe, we've switch already, maybe Bait already... and the Switch. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> See, I thought we were already forward thinking. We've already dropped the the. We which one of you anybody. actually, which one of you is bait and which one of you is switch? I'm usually probably more bait. Okay. You're more the bait and I'm yeah. the switch? That yeah. could be. I, I usually take the bait. <laughs> we, uh, happens, and he yeah. uses the switch. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, the first guest, uh, Dave, uh, Dave Bull, um, we were talking about the podcast with him before he became our first guest. And I said, we got to come up with some names. And I floated about eight names to Dave over texting and uh, the first one I came up with was Bait and Switch Podcast. He said, That's, that seems like the best. That's gold, Jerry, gold. It's a pretty good name, yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah. And actually, I mean, actually, this is the most interviewee of shows that we've done where we actually interview people. Right. Typically, we kind of get into the Bait and Switch thing. That's what we'll do in the second half yeah. when we get to that <laughs> yeah. point. So you look forward to that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'll say this. The other, we had a couple that did, uh, were sort of like these interviewee types a couple early on. Uh, and we knew we were going to just chop all that garbage out because because <laughs> uh, it wasn't that's not people what people might meant actually to be, but you know what even in the business valuable. that's what we do yeah, too right, sometimes. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, so you've been host of the you came here and started hosting that show. So I came here as the executive producer, basically like the news director of the show. And a couple of years later, the person who was our full time host left to take a job in academia, okay. and we decided that rather than have a single host. A colleague and I uh, would be the co-hosts, and we do this kind of shared hosting, shared interview model, and I'm going to compare it to 60 Minutes only in so much as you have one person who might introduce a feature or an interview by somebody else. So okay. Oh, okay. we have a full-time team of four people, and everybody does interviews. Oh, nice. So it's a news program. News. It's a really – it's kind of a variety program. We have – newsy interviews but we'll also have you know, we have we have a performance studio so we'll have bands come in and play oh, cool. uh we'll interview authors we have commentaries and essays interesting people doing interesting things sure i Great. i call that an sol show that's uh slice of life yeah absolutely Whoa. i think that's that's you <laughs> know what and that's, if we can you can introduce, use that. Yeah, yeah if yeah. we can introduce people to someone that they ought to know about but don't yet we've done the right thing i think right Right, like go. us. Yeah, hey, us. wait a minute. Yeah. Well, I said in the one podcast, I always felt that if we got to know people, then we'd made a mistake. Our our goal <laughs> is true. our goal is really to let people become confused as yeah. to the goal of the show. Right, where is this going? What's happening? <laughs> exactly. So now your show is on when and where? Uh, it's on the radio. Yes. Good. Good. <laughs> and Check. online. Um, it is on. Uh, Rape your wit. Just, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, it's on uh, 10 in the morning and 10 at night. The The morning show repeats in the evening. Uh, we also have a kind of best of show that's on from three to four or weekend afternoons. Okay. And anytime at wuwm.com slash lake effect. And uh, what's the... the 89.7. 89.7. Yeah. So now when you uh, put together the best of shows, mm -hmm. for the, now is that something you're involved in or do you have like other producers that take care of that or how do you I am in, I am involved in it. Really, it's two or three of the best interviews from the past week. Plus, we have a deal. There's a local storytelling series called Ex Fabula 
and they take kind of the best of one of their recordings and edit it down to about a 15-minute excerpt. So oh, okay. the last 15 minutes of Lake Effect Weekend is typically Exfabula. Okay. Okay. So now during the week, do you guys uh, find some things and like, you know, oh, we really like that. Mark that for the – or, or yeah. do you just go back over it at the end of the week? Sometimes, you know, the you know the, the slogan of the New York Times is I think it's uh, all the news that's fit to print. Sometimes we end up being all the news that fits we print. Okay, um, sure. You know, really <laughs> there are times where we want to spotlight a couple of interviews from the past week and we say, yeah, this, this should be on the weekend show. And sometimes it's – what fits into 52 minutes of content. Sure. Okay. And, and, you know, it's it's a little bit like Radio Tetris. It's like this 11-minute interview plus this four-minute song plus this 14-minute interview plus the 15 minutes of X Fabula, and there's our show. Sure, right. You ever have a like a 30-second like clip where you just have to have, like, cats singing or something just to fill in? <laughs> <laughs> just to get to, we're at 51.30, we just need to... There, <laughs> well, that's what we use bumper yeah. music for. Right. <laughs> now, like some of your other jobs, they might have you doing different things at the station. Is the Lake Effect your one gig at the thing, or do you do news and things like that as well? Lake Effect is really my one gig, yeah. Right. I mean, it's busy enough. I mean, I... Uh, it's public radio, so you know we have our on-air membership drives, what what some would call a pledge drive, and so I go on, you know, usually during that. Sure. Uh, I do a lot of public appearances, uh, moderate events, introduce people. Um, you know, that actually sure. brings up something I want to talk to you about. We're thinking about doing a pledge drive for the podcast here. Right, right. Should we go with the the tote bag or the coffee mug? What would you say? <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. What's what's, what's we just did sellers? tote bags on the radio station, so I'd stick with the coffee mug coffee because people just, might be tote bagged out. You may be right. Change yeah. it up a little bit. That's, I, that's I, good thinking. I was going to say we can guarantee you that one hundred percent of the funds would be misappropriated. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Nothing's going to go to anything. Nothing's going to go to anything worthwhile. Yeah. It's not a good cause. No, it's no, it's a terrible no. cause. It's a terrible cause. It's a terrible. But cause. it's long as you're upfront about it, though. Yeah, right. but give us your money anyway. Yeah, right. Exactly. Don't let that stop you. Yeah, right. That's right. I mean, this high-tech equipment a, a costs of different stuff. offices here. Right. And, the, yeah. this, and I'll just say, this is a Bait and, Bait and Switch Podcast uh, Studio 2. Yeah. So Studio B, maybe we call Studio it. Studio B. Yeah. This is the loft. Studio A is where Bait and Tackle right. is, yeah. right? <laughs> Studio A is Studio, in the basement, Studio, but it's kind of cold this time of year. Well, hey, with that, uh, we'll wrap up the first half of the interview. Sounds and good. we'll be back shortly for the second half. Join us next time on the Bait and Switch Podcast. When our guest Mitch Tyke discusses his new podcast, this idea is gold, rolled gold. I was going to say um, one thing that we we have we haven't touched on yet is the Pretzel Podcast. Oh yeah, the Pretzel Podcast yeah. is amazingly enough a podcast about pretzels. <laughs>